You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Sunday night filling in for Big Daddy Graham. An odd Sunday For a few reasons. Number one, the Eagles did not play today, which, you know, it it makes your Sunday feel a little empty, but you get to pay attention to the rest of the league, which is nice. The other reason why it's a weird Sunday, Mike Angelina is producing tonight. This is an unbelievable development. Mike usually does the Eagles games on Sunday. I mean, you could ask why he doesn't just do both, but Mike, thank you for coming into work tonight. Yeah, it was when I got the Eagles job, one of the first things I asked was, <laughs> would I be off overnights? And, uh, yeah, obviously. But, I mean, I, reason you know, the two things that you're saying are make this Sunday weird are kind of the same reason. Like, I'm not here because the Eagles true. didn't play. Yeah, that's, well, that's true. <laughs> they are connected, so uh, good good point. Um, so uh, I'm proven wrong uh, right off the bat. But we got plenty to get to throughout the course of the show. Um, we'll get to a wild day of football uh, the witching hour was fantastic on Sunday. Uh, I structured this perfectly. I told you how I was going to do it because I, you know, I need to get my sleep. Um, so I went home from the show yesterday at six. Uh, stayed up for a couple hours. Went to sleep. Uh, woke up right around three o'clock, and I had recorded the red zone. And a great way to watch the red zone if you're behind, you just watch it and fast forward. You don't miss a thing. You can see um, everything that's happening. Hey, keep track of your fantasy lineups. I. What I did was I screenshotted my fantasy matchups um, before uh, 1 o'clock so I wouldn't have to look on the app and see what the scores were. So I did wasn't spoiled what was going to happen. Uh, so that, that's what I did there. Why did you need to screenshot them? Because I wanted to know who I, who I was playing against. I know who my players are, but I wanted to know. Uh, so if somebody, <laughs> you sound not underwhelmed was, by that. I wanted just, to know. You can't just look at it and make a mental note of it and you... I don't have a photographic memory like you. I'm in four leagues. I mean, I, I got a bunch of teams I'm playing against. Big fantasy guy. Yeah, and by the way, our not in our league. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to our fantasy um, history in the making. Check in later on. Yeah, I could be uh, pitching the Owen thirteen, whatever it is. Um, but uh, so I woke up, I watched that, and the end of the one o'clock games were crazy for the second straight day. Um, you had a, a team cost a. Uh, uh, pretty much cost the game because they scored a touchdown, which you very rarely see, and we see it on back-to-back days on Saturday and Sunday between Penn State and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, So we'll do our Week 7 recap later on, but yeah, that game. You had Cincinnati and Cleveland, which was crazy. Baker Mayfield leading the Browns down at the end of the game, Um, and uh, just just a a crazy day in the NFL, Um, a World Series game at night. You know, if you want to give Clayton Kershaw credit, I I guess you can. Um, I'm going to fault the Rays more than anything. We'll get to that later on. Um, 
but plenty of stuff to get to throughout the course of the show, um, including uh, an unbelievable, you know, if you remember back when Mike McCarthy was interviewing for the Cowboys job, one of the main reasons he was hired was because of his new analytical approach, his, his new embrace of analytics, which he was very against when he was in Green Bay. And um, uh, Kim Jones, NFL Network reporter, uh, had a report on Mike McCarthy and one of the analytical numbers he looked into before their game with Washington. And this, you can't do deeper, deeper research than this. Uh, so we'll get to that later on as well. But that is where we will start in the NFC East as the Cowboys get steamrolled by the Washington football team 25 to 3 on Sunday afternoon. And as if it wasn't bad enough already for the Dallas Cowboys, Andy Dalton gets hurt on what was a total cheap shot from Jonathan Bostic. Fallout from that uh, in the Cowboys. Locker room, how they kind of responded um, or didn't respond to that hit, which we'll get to as well. But even before that hit, Andy Dalton looked awful. Uh, after that gets injured, still you'd imagine he'd be better than this other guy they brought in, Danucci. I don't know anything about this guy. I'll have to, I, I still um, haven't been able to find out much on him. Uh, the third string quarterback came in for the Cowboys. He is a rookie from James Madison. That's about all I know. But he comes in, it doesn't get any better, and the Dallas Cowboys are a complete mess. Their defense is pathetic. Their offensive line is more beat up than the Eagles right now. Players are complaining about the coach. The coach is beyond incompetent. By the way, Leslie, I am still waiting for your call. Leslie in Fort Lee, who was over the moon about his Cowboys hiring Mike McCarthy in the offseason. Still waiting on Leslie's call to eat crow on that one. I bet you can hear him at one twenty Monday morning. Yeah, with Jody. He'll call Jody. He won't call me. Tuesday morning, I should say. Jody Mac! Because he's a coward. Leslie is too cowardly to call this show because he doesn't want to take a beating uh, about the Mike McCarthy stuff. Yeah, he promised us tw- promised me twice and has not done it either time. Yeah, he tweeted me and he d- he, d- he said he'd be talking That's- to me. On Tuesday morning, officially on the record. That's, I mean, that, that's fine. Whatever. I mean, we're we'll survive if we don't hear from Leslie. But it would be fun to make fun of him for a little bit for his horrible. And I, I don't like making fun of people, but man, he was over the top with the McCarthy takes. Uh, he deserves this one. Sometimes you just got to take your medicine a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he was watching Mike McCarthy press conferences for entertainment. He was watching the tour of Mike McCarthy's office right. on Cowboys.com. Uh, that's how deep Leslie was in here. Um, but uh, McCarthy is awful. Um, it's becoming increasingly clear that Dak Prescott was a lot better than we all realized, to be honest with you, uh, because he covered up for a lot wrong with that Dallas Cowboys team. But so be it, they lose badly to Washington. Cowboys are now 2-5. and five. With the win, the Washington football team Moves to two and five, and the Giants are one and six. And it's insane that every week, with less than inspiring results, be it close losses to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, two good teams the Eagles played, but they they, they lost the games regardless. Or a one point home win 
over the Giants that should not have been nearly that hard to secure that victory, even with these these seemingly underwhelming results where you see a lot of issues and you see a lot of problems with this team, the Eagles continue to be in a far better position every day that passes at 2-4-1. And it really is incredible as they lead this division, and for weeks now, the conversation has been in many ways, and I've spoken about it with uh, several callers, the question of is it better for the Eagles to make the playoffs, see what you can do if you get in, if you win the division at 6-9-1, and one, uh, which is a perfectly nice record, 5-10-1, 7-8-1, whatever your record ends up being. Is it better to go that route and see what you can do in the postseason, or is it better to lose and get a higher draft pick? I, as you know, have been for weeks in the camp, make the playoffs, see what happens. You never know what can happen. And as a fan, it's just more fun to make the playoffs than to ride out a graveyard of a football season. Well, at this point, I would say that conversation is over for the most part. Because barring a complete and total catastrophe of epic proportions for this football team, the Eagles are going to win this division. Like, at this point, I don't know how you could not say they are the overwhelming favorites to win the NFC East. Despite all their issues, despite an inconsistent defense, despite a quarterback who has been erratic at best, bad at worst, tremendous at times, he has been erratic. I think that's probably the, the perfect word to describe it. An offensive line that has been beaten to a pulp. Uh, players at the skill positions out, losing your top two tight ends. Your top three receivers, your top running back. After all that, the Eagles are in first place and are almost, in my mind, a shoe in to win this division. When you look at the other teams, the team that we thought coming into the season was going to be the Eagles' com- uh, chief competition the Dallas Cowboys. I don't even think they are the Eagles' um, toughest competitor anymore in this division. Because obviously without Dak Prescott, this team is just not very good. Because it doesn't matter if you have Amari Cooper or you have CeeDee Lamb or you have any of these other guys. If you don't have a quarterback who can get them the ball and give them an opportunity to make plays, it doesn't really matter. You can't rely on that running game because the Cowboys' offensive line is beat up They're garbage, and the running back is overrated, and he looks done already. You look at the Washington football team, who I think now, (laughs) unbelievably, becomes the biggest threat to the Eagles. And I say threat very lightly. And I know Washington beat the Eagles in Week 1. And I know the Eagles collapsed in that game, and Washington sat Carson Wentz a bunch of times, and they beat up on the Eagles' O-line. But that is not a good football team. That is not a good offensive team. With Kyle Allen at quarterback, whether it's Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins, whoever you throw out there, that is not a a, a quality football team that is going to win 
more than four or five games this year. It's just not. And I have full confidence that when the Eagles play Washington again at the link in the final week of the season, whether it's for the division or not, I don't think it will be. I think the Eagles will have things wrapped up by that point. But if it was, I have full confidence that the Eagles will be able to take care of business, knock off Washington, and punch their ticket to the playoffs. Then you look at the Giants. Um, yeah, the Eagles and Giants played a close game the other night. The Giants are one of the worst teams in football. They are are not ultimately going to be a threat either. So as far as as frustrating as the Eagles have been so far this year, and can be, they are the class of this bad division. And I guess if you think massive changes need to be made, you'll get your wish if they don't make the playoffs. Because now if the Eagles don't make it, there is no excuses to be made. There's nowhere to hide for anybody in this front office, anybody on this roster, anybody on this coaching staff. But as I said, I'm fairly certain that they will. And the question I have to start off is this. Has this last week, this week seven in the NFL, be it an underwhelming Eagles victory, even though it was thrilling at the end, another bad Dallas loss in which Andy Dalton goes down, and even regardless of whether he's in there or quarterback, they're not a good football team anyway. Has this past week made you, made you change the way you look at this season? And I don't mean in terms of making the playoffs, but as far as what this team could possibly do if and when they get there. And I'm not telling you this is a good football team right now. They're not in the Eagles. They're not very good. They have not played well. And I don't know when they are going to start playing well. It may not happen this year. It may happen in December. It may happen around Thanksgiving. I don't know when and if this team is going to turn a corner. But what I do know is that they have time to figure this thing out. They have time to figure this thing out in this division. As injured as they are, theoretically, they should get healthy at some point, bring some of these guys back to solidify this roster. And as frustrating as some of these games have been, there have been some positives to take. Whether it be the emergence of Travis Fulgham, a receiver who you can now rely on, I don't think just for this year, but beyond. Guys like Greg Ward and Boston Scott stepping up again and proving in a way that what they did at the end of last season wasn't just a fluke, that they can be productive players when the Eagles need them to be at certain points, that they do have a rapport with Carson Wentz and can be playmakers for this team when called upon. Guys on the offensive line, reserves stepping up. Carson Wentz, heroic at times even with the struggles that he's had. And as I said, couple that with the fact that you could get healthy come the end of the season, and you have the luxury not to rush these guys back. Like, that's what's so important to me, is you don't need to rush your players back at this point. Because every week isn't necessarily make or break with this team. As, you know, as annoying as it can be, To see the Eagles not play great, 
They don't need to play great right now. They need to get their guys healthy. They need to get ready for the stretch run in December and into the postseason because that is most likely where they are going to end up. How do you feel about this season now? How do you feel about the idea of the Eagles getting in the playoffs and making some sort of a run? And I know some people will hear this and probably are, uh, you know, punching their phones or their radios right now because I probably sound like uh, Mr. Annoying Optimistic Homer guy. And you know, that's not normally who I am. But I see a team right now that is pretty much assured of going to the postseason. And in the NFL, that's half the battle. Especially this year, where if you're not the top seed, you're not going to get a bye anyway. So it doesn't really matter. For all the talk about, oh, they could get in at 6-9-1. and one. Okay, they could get in 6-9-1 and one and be the three seed. There could be a team, whether it be Green Bay or Seattle or wherever, could be 13-3 and three and be the two seed. And you end up pretty much in the same situation. What's going to matter is that you're healthy and playing your best in December and into January. And that the quarterback is playing his best at the end of December and into January. And I see a pathway to that happening. So when you look at what's happened over the last couple weeks in this division, I don't know how you couldn't be way more optimistic about the Eagles and where this season is headed. I I, I don't really care about the record right now because, quite frankly, it doesn't really matter. You just got to be the best of this four-team group. And the Eagles are going to be the best of of this four-team group when it's set and done. They are going to win this division and end up in the postseason. And all that matters is how you're playing when you get there. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Am I crazy um, for being well way more optimistic about this season at this point? I know it's a bad division, but honestly, I don't think it matters. You just got to find a way to get to the postseason. And um, I, I have trouble seeing any scenario in which the Eagles don't do just that when you look at the teams that they are stacked up against in the NFC East. 215-592-9494. Open lines to start the show if you want to get in. Um, plenty of stuff to get to, including in the 3 o'clock hour. Um, we are going to replay one of the... I think most entertaining calls and one of the strangest calls uh, to my show um, ever. Uh, it happened last Tuesday morning um, from a gentleman named Walt. And uh, we'll, we'll replay this call because we got to dig deeper into this, Mike. We need to, we need to investigate whatever Walt's theory was that he wouldn't totally clear up. We need to try to investigate this further. Yeah, and you know, maybe some people hear it and um maybe they come up with 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 the theory as people that didn't hear it right. last week. Yeah, maybe maybe somebody else can uh can help assist us in uh figuring out what Walt was trying to say or what Walt wanted to say, but he was fearful. He was fearful for his life. Literally. Yeah. Yeah, he really was. He really was. Boy, this can be very interesting. <laughs> so uh my co host, Jolly, me and Jolly get doing a little co host action next Saturday night for daylight savings. That'll be a good time. Look yeah. forward to it. Yeah, I'll have to catch up on the radio.com app. You will. Thank you, Mike. 215-592-9494. When we get back, I want to look at the Eagles projecting forward a little bit. Um, and why I'm so optimistic. I'm in a good mood tonight. Uh, I, I'm in a good, good mood about this team and about um, where this season is headed. 
uh, because I think the Eagles are going to the playoffs. I, I'd be stunned if they don't. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. And you know, it's a really exciting night. You know what it means? Cowboy Week. Cowboy Week, Mike. We start a Dallas Sucks chant. Uh, you know, you know what, what is true, though? And I think every true blue Eagles fan feels this. I know my, my buddy, um, Kevin, on Twitter, I rock Philly, the buddy lover, feels this way. Sure. You know, it, it, I don't care if the Eagles went 2-14 and 14 every year. As long as they, those two wins are against Cowboys. That, that's all that matters. I agree. That's yeah, all that matters. Uh, yeah, hopefully that the you know the eight o'clock uh, start doesn't put a damper in, in Cowboys week hatred. That's true. The, you know the, the Eagles and Cowboys they always do have like this mid season Sunday night game. Usually they're bad games. Actually, they are. Last year was I think it was probably a year ago, like this weekend, where the Eagles went to Dallas and just got destroyed after Doug guaranteed the win. Right, that was stupid. You knew the second Doug guaranteed that win that they were going to lose. That was stupid. Um. But, yeah, there was that game last year. The year before, remember it was the Sunday nighter here where Zeke ran for, like, 200 yards, something like that? I do. Yeah, Zach Ertz I came up two short. Touchdowns. Yeah, Zach Ertz ran a pattern, like, a half yard short of the first down marker, um, I remember. And that's uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, but, yeah, they always have these midseason <laughs> games. Well, they had the the uh, overtime one with the walk-off Sammy Sleeves touchdown. I was at that game. That's right, yeah. That was a great game to be at. Um I half remember that game. It was a bachelor party weekend. It was a long weekend, Mike. Um, I remember Jordan Hicks had a pick six in that game. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, and then he got hurt for the season after that. Uh, but it was a – and remember, that was that was when everybody fell in love for like a couple days with DeMarco Murray because DeMarco Murray was on the sidelines uh, calling out the Cowboys' play, defensive oh, yeah, plays. Oh, right. <laughs> And it was like, oh, what a good teammate. You know, what a what a real stand-up guy. And it turns out, like, that's the only game DeMarco Murray cared about winning all year. <laughs> he really didn't care about anything else. He just wanted to beat the Cowboys in that one game. Right, and it wasn't necessarily because, you know, it's good for the Eagles. It was just his own right. personal agenda. He was just angry the Cowboys didn't re-sign him to a deal which turned out to be the right move because you never re-sign running backs to deals. Um, so, yeah, it's that time of year when the Eagles and Cowboys are playing a Sunday night game. And, um, you know, you got you, that. that's why we love Buddy Ryan this town. He wasn't a great coach, but that doesn't matter. He hated the Cowboys. It's Cowboy Week. Uh, so we'll do some fun Cowboy Week stuff maybe tomorrow. You get an extra night of me this week, by the way, Till. I'm in Wednesday night. So, um, Damn. Should be should be exciting. 215 592 Nine four nine four. I mentioned um, uh, Ben DiNucci, who is replacing Andy Dalton, will replace Andy Dalton if he can't play on Sunday. Andy Dalton took a, an ugly hit in that game against Washington. Um, but on Twitter, Joe Cornick sends me some very useful information, at Tommy Kelly 44 on Twitter. Says DiNucci's a Western PA kid, transferred to JMU from Pitt, was pretty dominant in the CAA. Uh, took him to a championship game last year. He's the grandson of former WWF wrestler Dominic DiNucci. Um, that's all he got. That, that's all, he said, that's all I got. So that's all he's got. Uh, so thank you to Joe uh, for, for sending that into us there. It's more than either one of us had. That's, that's way more than I had. I just knew he was seventh-round pick from JMU. So Ben DiNucci. 
could be the Cowboys quarterback uh, when the Cowboys come to Philadelphia next Sunday night. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. As we look at the outlook for the season now, and you know, as I as I said earlier, a lot of the conversation has been about would you rather the Eagles make the playoffs or lose and get a better draft pick. I've always thought the losing and get a better draft pick idea is, is kind of dumb. This isn't the NBA. This isn't a league where you can bottom out and one pick is going to change your fortunes. I, the only way I'd be in that situation is if you were going to draft a quarterback. The Eagles are not going to draft a quarterback, clearly. Um, so I never thought that was a better option for this team than trying to make the playoffs and going on some sort of a run. And now I think that conversation is pretty much over because it's clear that without Dak Prescott, the Eagles are a far better team than the Cowboys. The Eagles are a far better team than Washington, a far better team than the Giants. Even if they have not played like it yet, we all know talent-wise and track record-wise, the Eagles are better than all these teams. And a a large part of the reason why I'm so confident that there's no way the Eagles are going to lose this division is when you project forward with this team especially on the offensive side of the ball. And why it bodes so well is that, you know, these skill guys that the Eagles have are far better than any of us anticipated. And, you know, in a weird way, you got Travis Fulgham. He can fill that role that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was supposed to fill. You know, when J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was selected, He was supposed to slot into that Alshon Jeffrey spot on the offense. He obviously uh, hasn't developed into that. And and we'll get to that a little later on as well. Why some of these Eagles receivers specifically haven't developed the way we hoped they would. But you get Travis Fulgham. He can slot into into that role. You'll get Jalen Rager back at some point, hopefully next week. He's your speed guy. He's your Deshaun Jackson type player. And then you'll get Dallas Goddard back, and and he can be your Zach Ertz. And you look at the skill guys offensively. The Eagles have a lot more going for them um, than we thought at the beginning of the year in a lot of ways. And then it looks right now, and once these guys get healthy, uh, I think this is going to be a really formidable offense. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, Let's go to Danny in Columbus. Has a Ben DiNucci scouting report for us? What's up, Danny? I wouldn't call it a scouting report, but um, I went to West Virginia last year, and we opened up against JMU, and I worked for the football team. He was good. Like, he gave us a lot of trouble. So I I have a bad feeling about this. This seems like a classic Eagles losing to a Cowboys third stringer or something like that. When have the Eagles lost to a Cowboys third stringer, Danny? I don't remember It's never happened, but this team – Well, how's that a classic? It can't be a classic if it's never happened. It's a classic Eagles thing to do. But they've never done it. Okay, I'm talking about in general. Okay, all right. So you, you're wor- Dallas as a third string quarterback. So you're worried about you're worried about Ben DiNucci stepping in and, and dominating the Eagles next Sunday night. He can't be any worse than how Andy Dalton looked today. Well, I mean that's probably true. I mean Andy Dalton's been pretty terrible over these last two weeks. Um, but, Danny, how confident are you that the Eagles are going to win this division now? I mean, do you think it's a virtual certainty at this point? 
I wouldn't call it a virtual certainty. I mean, we did lose to the football team, so I'm not 100% confident. I would say I'm about 90%. 90%? We didn't look great against the Giants. We easily could have lost that game, too. So I think we're getting a little too overhyped. Like, the Niner, that Niners team is better than I thought they were, though. I mean, they killed the Patriots today. Yeah, and the Eagles, thankfully, we're playing with them with the third-string quarterback. I appreciate the call, Danny. Thanks. Um, you know, I, I think you, you got to – obviously, we'll take what we've seen early in the season and, and apply it, but I don't think it's a crazy – a crazy take here to assume the Eagles are going to get better over the course of the season. Because as I said, these offensive players are going to come back. You know, as bad as the Eagles injury issues are, they're not as bad as the Cowboys for several reasons. Cowboys have lost guys that aren't coming back. The Eagles players theoretically should be back at some point. And when you look at these skill spots, you know, and when, when you look at Carson Wentz's play, I think a lot of Carson Wentz's issues have been of his own making more than many people do. But you certainly can look at some of the players he's been playing with, look at some of the injuries, and if you believe that that has affected Carson Wentz's play, which from the people I've heard from, people I've spoken to, that's what a lot of people think. Because um, I heard Gus call Ricky. And I actually agreed with Gus that everybody rushes the Carson's defense um, and points out why he's not playing well. I think it's a little bit of a cop-out, but as some people look at it and think, you know, he's playing with all these backups, that's not going to be the case for the rest of the year. And as I said, the emergence of Fulgham is a big development for this team. Because you're going to end up getting Jalen Rager back. You're going to end up getting Dallas Goddard back. You're going to get Miles Sanders back. You're going to get Zach Ertz back, who I think can be productive, albeit in less than a feature, less of a feature role than he's had in the past. Like, Dallas Goddard is going to be this team's primary tight end for, the, uh, for now on, as he should be. He's the better player at this point. He's the more dynamic player at this point. But Zach Ertz, in a more limited role... I still think can be effective. And that's why it's not crazy to believe that the Eagles will be playing their best football and will be at full strength for the first time all season, probably late in the season, when you want to be playing your best. And when you look at that and you look at getting those young guys back, um, and you look at the situation right now with Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. I have no desire to see either of those players return this year. I just don't. Whether it's Alshon or Deshaun. And nobody likes seeing an injury, obviously. Uh, it's a shame what has happened to Deshaun Jackson's career the last two years in Philadelphia because obviously he just can't stay healthy anymore. And the other night it was a cheap shot. That was a very unfortunate situation. But in a way, I, I I think losing Deshaun Jackson is a bit of addition by subtraction here. Because I want to see the young guys. I want to see Rager. I want to see Hightower. I want to see Fulgham. 
I want to see these players get their opportunity and develop a rapport with Carson Wentz. I want to see Jordan Mulata. I want Jason Peters back in the lineup when he's ready to return. If he wants to stay on the sidelines and be a reserve and help coach the kid up and be there in case of an emergency, then that's fine. But there's no need to put those players back on the field at this point. And when you look at the Eagles moving forward here, the skill spots, which we have talked about for years as being a massive issue with this team, they're not as bad now. They don't look nearly as bad now as they did prior to the season or even a few weeks ago. And you don't need these guys back immediately. As we've talked about here, you don't need them back right away when you look at the division and the fact that you've been afforded time. You've been afforded this opportunity. You just need to be playing your best late in the season and into the postseason. And with where the Eagles are and the the prospect of getting some of their most critical players back later on in the season when they need to start turning a corner, when they need to start hitting their stride. Makes me feel a lot better about where they are right now. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Stephen Egg Harbor. What's up, Steve? Yeah, how you doing? Yo, Tom, don't jinx it for us, man. I'm not not jinxing it. Steve, I'm just giving my honest opinion. And I got to say, man, after what I saw this week and the past couple weeks out of this division – uh, the the Eagles are 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 aren't missing the playoffs this year. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, not it can happen. happen, and you know how it can happen. How? Okay. If Carson Wentz gets injured, he's playing like he's played in 2017. He's running the ball more. He's he's juking defenders out, man. What happens if he jukes the wrong way, man? His knee goes, or he jukes the wrong way, and somebody slams him from the side, like we saw last year. You know it can happen, Steve. It can, Steve. In this division. I'm I'm telling you, I think the Eagles will win it with Jalen Hurts. I really do. Well, I don't know about I, that. I, we I, haven't I, seen what this guy can do yet. We no, have. but but and we've I mean, seen the other quarterbacks in the division. I understand that, but if you really look back at the Giants game the other night, if Evan Ingram just leans forward to catch that ball, the game's over. We're one five and one, not two four and one. I mean, it's that close. I mean, and let's face the facts. We Jim. I mean, Jim. Uh, our defensive coordinator, tried his best to give San Francisco the game. I mean, we've won two games by the hair on our chinny-chin-chin, and you know what I'm talking about. And so, I mean, we haven't proven that we can dominate anybody yet. And, you know, in a season that has been as crazy as this, in a world that has been as crazy as this in the last year, there is nothing guaranteed Sunday night. No, well, Steve, as beat up as they've been, though, like, do you agree that projecting forward, getting these young players back, getting these guys back on offense, that the Eagles should only improve on that side of the ball? Yes, but I don't want to say it. Well, I mean, Steve, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, as what I I understand your um, you know, you don't want to mess up, you don't want to mess, yeah, you don't, your caution, you don't want to mess up the karma here. Um, yeah, but I'm telling you, right. I don't think it's going to have much of an effect. I hope it doesn't, you know, because you know, if you know, I'm a diehard. I'm a diehard. Everything. I'm a die. I'm a Philly guy. I mean, I'm, I'm from Roxborough, so I mean, you know, I mean, I'm in Jersey now, but I was born in Roxborough. I'm a Philly guy, 100. percent I want to see us make this playoffs, whether we go four, eleven, and one. You know, and and, and you know, you just never know. We're, if we get healthy, I really believe if we get healthy, 
we have a shot to beat anybody. You saw the game tonight. You saw Seattle. You saw, you know, the Cardinals. These guys don't have a defense either. So, I mean, if we get our guys back and we get healthy going into the playoffs, I'm not going to predict anything right. and say we're going to the Super Bowl because I'm no, not that yeah, crazy. That, that is we crazy. can win a game, and we, if we get lucky, we can win two games, and then we're in the NFC Championship. You just don't know. Exactly, Steve, and I appreciate the call. And it's one of those things where I'm not – and I'm not saying this team's going to the Super Bowl, but I'm just saying getting to the postseason is half the battle. And from what I have seen over the last couple weeks, I would be beyond stunned if the Eagles don't win this division. And hey, for, for people who do think they need major organizational changes, maybe the division being this much of a dumpster fire is good for you too, because if the Eagles don't win it, they're going to have to make some sort of, uh, of major change. If the Eagles don't win this division with how bad it is and how compromised the Cowboys now are, if they're not able to get to the playoffs, it's a, it's a massive disappointment. It's a massive disappointment. That doesn't mean they're a bad organization, though. Like, they don't need organizational changes. Well, I'm not, I don't necessarily think they do, but I know a lot of people do believe that and think that that was the whole argument, Mike, about why it might be better to miss the playoffs and bottom out and get a higher draft pick. I don't believe that. I don't think things in the NovaCare complex are as bad as people make them out to be. I mean, you don't have the kind of locker room issues, and you never really had them under Doug, that you already have down in, in Mike McCarthy's locker room. Right. Um, so I don't believe that. I think getting to the playoffs is half the battle. And uh, do you see any way they don't win this division? Like, do, do you think there's any chance they don't win it? Uh, a little bit of a chance, but I, I don't know, the 65% chance they win it. Who would win it if the Eagles don't? Washington? I think the football team. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I think the football team is, and I know the football team beat the Eagles, but, um, you know, I, I think what happens in week one, I'm not going to put a ton of stock in that. And Steve makes a good point. I mean, the Eagles are a play away from losing to the Niners. They're an Evan Ingram catch away from losing to the Giants at home. Um, but I just project forward here, and I see what Carson Wentz has been able to do at times where if he can stabilize that play to a just a, a certain degree, he doesn't need to be perfect, but if he can eliminate the turnovers, if they get these players back, all of a sudden, like, Mike, what do you think of this? You get Rager, Goddard, Ertz, Sanders back, this becomes a pretty dynamic offense. Yeah, and, you know, hopefully uh, Johnson at 100%. Um, I don't think that's happening this year. Yeah, probably not. There's a chance Sayamalu in December, right? He he can come back, I think. Yeah, Sayamalu will be back at some point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know. This is an odd feeling for me. I'm not usually the overly positive person. It's kind of it kind of makes me feel a little uncomfortable. But I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good tonight uh, about the birds after after what we saw in that Dallas Washington game. Wasn't overly impressed um with either of those teams. I was actually impressed with the football team. You were impressed? Yeah, I thought they played really good defense, and they, they ran the ball and were pretty physical. Yeah, it's just, it's so hard to tell anything against Dallas because they're, that, the Cowboys might have the worst defense I've ever seen. They really might. And their offense isn't much better at this point. Yeah, it's like they shouldn't, though. Like, you look at the names on the defense, it doesn't make any sense why they're this bad. Yeah. This is probably going to be a one and done for McCarthy, I'm thinking. Definitely for Nolan. Actually, I think McCarthy gets at least a second year, maybe even three. Maybe. We'll see how the rest of the year goes. But uh, we'll get to McCarthy a little later on. He had some um, 
real deep. He really dove deep into the analytics uh, before this Washington game uh, to stress the importance of it um, to his football team, and obviously it didn't work very well. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. When we get back, um, I have a social media gripe for you, uh, and I think this is a pretty good one uh, that I, I got on tap, and also want to open up a little side topic here off of still um, there was a a play that happened over the weekend that I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority. I talked a little bit about it last night. I think it's the worst call I've ever seen um, in sport. One one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Uh, So we will talk about that a little when we return. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. In for Big Daddy Graham on a uh, Monday morning. And uh, happy uh, National Tight Ends Day to everybody out there. I saw this on trending on Twitter. Uh, it's National Tight Ends Day today. Um, so, great, I guess. I didn't know there was a National Tight Ends Day. I, I didn't, you know, I know we usually do the days, right? That's usually Mike's job, but I saw this one, so I figured I'd take this um, uh, upon myself to wish everybody out there a nas- a, ha- uh, a hashtag uh, happy National Tight Ends Day. Um, so that's what day it is today. Um, and I have a social media gripe for you real quick uh, before I want to uh, dive into a side topic here. But on Saturday, I was watching that uh, Penn State-Indiana game. And I, I tweeted at halftime um, about James Franklin being a terrible coach because James Franklin is a terrible coach. Howard Eskin says it all the time. Uh, where I told you last night where I was working at um, Chickies and Pete's every Monday and Howard would always, um, uh, you know, make fun of James Franklin because Brandon Graham's a Michigan, Michigan guy. And Howard would also always say how bad of a coach James Franklin is. And he is. He's a terrible coach. Um, he's a good recruiter, gets talented players to Penn State, uh, but he is a terrible in-game coach. And he was an awful uh, coach on Saturday and cost that team so many different ways. Uh, but this led to a, a response I got that um, is my social media gripe for the day. And I'm sorry if I sound a little distracted. I'm trying to find the exact tweet here uh, because I want to give this person um, proper proper credit uh, for uh, the the tweet he sent to me. But I'm, I'm sorry, Jolly. I'm trying to find the exact tweet. I'm having trouble. Uh, so, so bad. I'm not going to be able to get the guy's name. Oh, I got it. It's Adam at a Shibo five tweets at me. I- I'm a, I'm big on Franklin being overrated, but he didn't throw two horrible balls or drop the ball on the ground multiple times. Bad take here. My guy, I hate, the my guy. Have you seen that, Mike? That people uh, will will tweet it, will address people yeah. and call them my guy. It's like calling somebody chief, right? Yeah, but it's like even worse than chief. Like if you want to give me chief, you want to give me boss. boss I, I'm yeah. fine with one of those, pal. But yeah, my guy. Like no, I'm not your guy, Adam. <laughs> at a shybo five, not your guy. We're not guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like I. I I would never tweet at somebody and be a bad take here, my guy. Uh, do you agree with that one or not? I, I agree. Yeah, it, it does kind of come off as uh, 
Well, we can't say the word. Right. Just, you you got to be you careful. Know what about. Yeah. No, it's, 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 you know, it's, I, I just don't like the my guy. That's my social media gripe for today. Um, and I think it's a, I think it's a decent one. It's, it's a, it's a social media thing. It bothers me every time, pretty much. Did you have one yesterday? I missed your, your show yesterday. I, I did not have one yesterday. I had another one um, that I took note of, I believe, but now I forget what it is. I'm going to have to pull up the notes on my phone. I don't. I don't have it right now. Uh, I'll I'll give it to you tomorrow if it if I remember it, or else I'll come up with another one. But my guy is the uh, social media gripe of the day. Um, but watching that Penn State game, I you know am not a Penn State fan. I I can't stand Penn State. So what happened at the end of that game did give me great joy. Uh, my brother is a Penn State alum. My sister in law. Penn State alum, and they are very annoying when it comes to the Nittany Lions, and I always root for Penn State to lose. So when they lost that game in the fashion they did, after scoring when they weren't supposed to score, giving up in a touchdown and two-point conversion and sent it to overtime, then subsequently, after scoring themselves in overtime, losing on a two-point conversion, uh, I thought it was pretty funny. But the call at the end of that game I just don't understand it. And um, I'll explain it in further, de- further detail in a second. If you saw it, you know what I'm talking about. As the Indiana quarterback uh, runs to the sideline, dives for the pylon, two-point conversion. If they don't get it, Indiana loses. If they do get it, Indiana wins. And uh, here was the call and the subsequent review uh, on FS1. It comes down to this play. Is anything out of bounds? Wow. Wow. Aaron's a 22-foot long jumper in high school. I think he's in bounds. Nothing hits. Hold on. Oh, shoot. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Does the ball? Show that angle again. Hold. That might be different. Very impressed by Tom Allen's program building. Regardless of, here's the verdict. After review, the rolling on the field stands. Touchdown. Now, the the way this play went, and I don't understand how this is uh, the outcome. Where the quarterback dives, he extends his arm fully toward the end zone with the ball in his hand. The ball touches down out of bounds just short of the pylon, then falls forward, hits the pylon, and they rule it a touchdown on the field. Now, they go to Mike Pereira for the review. And Mike Pereira kind of says you can't overturn the call on, on the field. Where normally I think that is a good baseline. You can overcall the turn on the call. You can overturn the call on the field if it's clearly not right. And that was clearly not right. Like it defies the laws of physics that the ball could break the plane and then uh, hit the ground and fall forward and hit the pylon. Does it not, Mike? I don't understand why you're saying it. Like, why it defies physics that it... So you're saying that... 
yeah, I guess I'll start with I'm not as clear as you are. It seems that that it was out of bounds first. Well, I I mean. I think there are angles. If you watch the video, you can see that it hits down out of bounds prior to the the mark in the turf. Yeah. Right. Um, But I think it's pretty clear that the way that camera was set up, it's a very deceptive camera angle. Like the camera's at the one yard line. So you're looking at it diagonally that way. It's obviously going to appear that the ball might've crossed the plane, but Hmm. there's no way it possibly could have if it falls down short and then hits the pylon. And I just thought it was a terrible call. Like, yeah. I'm happy Penn State lost, but I think it was a terrible call. And I don't know how it didn't get overturned. I don't think it was a terrible call. It's too close of a call to be a terrible call. Like, I, it, it was it was such a bang-bang play that it's it doesn't qualify to be an outrageous call in any way. Well, I'll say this. Um, obviously, one of the sports books agreed it's a terrible call. DraftKings refunded people's money, which is not something that... Sports books do very often. But wouldn't they, they cover it anyway? Well, if you had, a money if you had Penn State money line, they refunded the money. Okay. Because, I mean, and have you ever seen that happen before? No. And referees <laughs> blow calls to cost people money all the time. So, I don't know. I thought that was a terrible call. Um, and I just want to know, you know, what are some of your worst calls of all time that you can remember that were, uh, you know, game altering calls? Because I thought that was one of them. I thought that was just, I don't understand how after review, they could stick with a call that, in my mind, was obviously wrong. What? 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 Mike, maybe you disagree. You, you disagree. You think, you think he was in there? So I agree with you that I think it was out, but given how close it was, and um, I don't think there was that clear definitive shot that it, they made it beyond doubt that um it had to be overturned i don't th- i think they made the right call not confirming it but not overturning it well i think there there may even if you make the argument there's not a definitive shot it's just like the laws of physics it can't hit the ground fall forward hit the pylon but have already been across when he didn't he didn't reach his arm out and then pull it back yeah i don't think going over the laws of physics is in the the replay right. protocol i'm just saying i'm just saying I, I i thought it was short i thought it was a bad call Obviously, we, we we disagree with that one there, uh, but it was so it was too close of a call to even qualify as a bad call. Um, like a bad call has to be one that's like there's no like you know there's no borderline nature to it. I don't know. I thought it was pretty. I didn't think it was borderline. Like I thought it was clear cut short of being a ton, uh, being a good conversion. It's pretty close so, borderline. If if you want to give me your worst calls, obviously I think it's a bad call. Mike thought it was a tremendous call. I didn't say that. <laughs> so if it you want a Nate Gary of calls, right, right, right. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike loves Nate Gary, and he loves those Big Ten officials. Uh, so if you want to get in and give us your thoughts, you're welcome to two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's get John Nowentown in here. What's up, John? Hey, DK. How's it going, man? I'm taking issue with you being happy that they lost. But being happy, I, I, I am happy that they lost. I hate Penn State. I know, I know, but I, I take issue with that because I'm a Penn State guy. But Listen, I agree with you. Uh, I don't have a problem with with it being called a touchdown, but after looking at the video where you can clearly see the ball hits the white out-of-bounds line and then moves in his hand and then hits the pylon. Yes. Right. I mean, it was video. They had the video evidence to overturn the call. Right, John. And, and, yeah. and I just think it's funny when everybody will say, you know, <laughs> well, you can't overturn the call on the field. It's like, well, you, you, the, right. That's what you, the video is for. 
Right, that's what the review's for. And if you see that it's clearly not the right call, you of course you can overturn it. Absolutely. Now, listen, they, you know, I agree with you that James Frank- Franklin is a, a horrible coach. That he was awful. I don't, in that game. Yeah. I don't know how every single offensive player, skill player, on that team did not know if you break into the clear, you go down. Right. I mean, how did they not? Drill that into their head before they went out there. How was it the not the last thing said in the huddle, which is the quarterback's fault, as far as I'm concerned? You just remind everybody you go down because if they go down, we're not even they're not even talking about it. I mean, they run the clock out. But I mean, he he Franklin made horrible call after horrible call in that game. I mean, he's a horrible in-game coach. I agree with you. Yeah, right there, John, but. I mean, the, in the first half, putting the backup quarterback in at the one-yard line, like, what was yeah. that about, that it ends I, I, up in that's, a fumble? That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, your, 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 your backup quarterback doesn't even run as good as your quarterback. Right. Who can actually throw or run. I mean, it was it, that was a horrible call. And I then, mean, that should never happen. And then, the uh, John, it's like, I, I can count so many, but then you try the 57-yard field goal that comes up two yards short when you could easily have ran another play and gotten, like, five more yards. It was just uh, yeah, exactly. it was unbelievable time, how many ways he messed out. that up. Yeah, yeah, he's a horrible in-game coach. I agree. Yeah. Um, Eagles, TK, I, I love you, man, and I'm optimistic. I'm very optimistic as well. But I can definitely see the Eagles doing their thing where they play down to the teams they should smoke and not winning this division. I hate to say it, but, I mean, they, they play down to their opponents and then they play up to the good teams. And that's what happened so far this year. I mean, they played down to the Giants where they should have smoked that team. I mean, but then they, then they were up against the good teams. I mean, they do that all the time. So I can definitely see the scenario where we lose to the Cowboys with a third-string quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see a scenario where we lose to the Giants two weeks from now. I mean, three weeks from now after the bye. I can see it. They have shown that propensity to play down to their uh, level of their competition, John, but I don't see that happening. I think the Eagles do take care of business the next two weeks. And what we've seen the I last so, what we've seen the last couple of years, too, is they do have a track record of playing their best in December and into January, and especially with them. Uh, likely getting healthier around that point. I don't see any reason to, right. to believe that would be different this year. And TK, I have one thing to tell you. Sure. I'm not overwhelmed by Rager, just so you know. What we saw before he got injured, I wasn't overwhelmed with him before that. So him coming back, I don't know how great that's going to be. I, I, he's definitely not a replacement for Deshaun Jackson yet because he definitely does not have the hands that Jackson has. But, you know, we'll, we'll see in the years to come. Yeah. No, I got you, John. I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Uh, yeah, appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, I'll say this. I was not a huge fan of the Rager pick on draft night. I was on right after the draft show that night, and I blasted it and said I thought they should have traded up for CeeDee Lamb or taken Justin Jefferson. But I'll say what I saw from Rager before him getting injured, I was actually impressed. Like, I thought he showed the ability in that Washington game to get down the field and separate. He made a big play. He had another one where he's wide open. If Wentz hits him, that's a touchdown. Um, I liked what I saw from Rager, and I do think he has that ability to be a Deshaun type. Yeah, I agree, too. In uh, the Rams game, I thought the Eagles kind of showed what they think of him, too. It seemed like they featured him a lot and used him a lot of different ways um, in plays in that game. Yeah, everyone's just kind of chalking him up as as a bust of a pick and... 
I don't. He played it, a game and a half. It's like yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, didn't he? He broke his thumb on like a bad throw from Wentz anyway. Yeah, it was a high throw where I thought he got hit in the ribs or something because yeah. it was one of those balls. But um, he broke his finger. But uh, before that, I was actually impressed. I think he's going to help. And once you get him back and you add that kind of downfield dynamic element mm-hmm. that you already kind of have with Hightower, but you add Hightower with Rager, all of a sudden you have speed. You have the big body 50-50 guy in Fulgham. You have Goddard and Ertz work in the middle. Sanders in the backfield. I don't know. I That's the one spot where I think at the skill spots, the Eagles are going to have pretty dynamic offense when they get all these guys back. Yeah, I agree. So, good play caller. Yep. Well, we'll get to that um, a little more in the 3 o'clock hour because I do not think Doug has been a great play caller Certainly Thursday night. It might have been his worst game ever calling plays. He was that bad on Thursday night. Uh, So we'll get to that um, coming up in the 3 o'clock hour here. I see Mike in South Philly there. We'll have to talk to Mike. I I have a feeling Mike is not going to agree with my overly positive take. Even though Mike's been more positive on the Eagles lately, um, I'm being a little over the top. I'm kind of annoying myself tonight with my positivity. So I'm going to have to dial it back, get a little more negative in the 3 o'clock hour. And uh, before we get to Mike, I'm going to need to get Mike's opinion on this Walt phone call. So we'll we'll hear uh, from Walt when we get back. A gentleman named Walt called the show last week and was alluding to some different things here that we need to get to the bottom of. So we'll replay this call from Walt. And we'll talk to Mike when we return. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 